Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Sarah Dusik on the line. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. Thank you, Michael. I'm so happy to have you today on the show because you have done and continue to do some amazing work. So why don't you share a little bit about you with the audience and then we'll dive into the conversation. Absolutely. I'm Sarah Dusik, the co-founder of Enigma Ventures and previously co-founder of Undercan and CEO of Undercanvas. Uh, Undercanvas is the U.S.'s largest and leading glamping company, which we pioneered from scratch um, and sold the majority of in 2018. So now my my day job is I'm still an entrepreneur, but uh, also an investor by day um, and investing in female entrepreneurs across Africa. That's beautiful work. And I've seen a lot of things about the continent of Africa in, in the last couple years on all types of innovation, the skill set, and with the internet and getting internet access, you know, throughout the country and a variety of other businesses and things like that, it is going to make our world so much better because the talent pool there is and in many cases, especially from a North American standpoint, untapped. And it just the opportunities for you know everybody that's there, and again, making the globe better is amazing. So I commend you for, for investing in, in those leaders that are, are looking to do things uh, to grow their own, obviously, business and their well-being, but you know, having a, a, a big impact on, on their home country and the world. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we think, you know, the power of uh, investing capital in places that have been starved of capital is really powerful because we all, those of us who are leaders know just how impactful our organizations can be, whether they're, um, we're entrepreneurs and they're companies that we founded ourselves or we work in a company. We just know that having meaningful, challenging employment is is life-changing without it you know we can't exist um and at the same time the companies that we build move our world forward and so the the big mission of enigma ventures which is the company that i've investment company that i founded is that how do we use um an investment vehicle to fund incredibly talented amazing women to enable us to move the world forward and build build our world together because uh, where money flows is where power goes. And it's, it's where it's how we build our future collectively. It's what, what makes the world look like it does. I love the work. And, and how did you land on Africa? Uh, what were mm. some of the things that jumped out at you? Yeah. I'm guessing maybe from previous work that you've done or just, Talking with people, I'm kind of curious, curious how, how, how <laughs> yeah. you, you know, because as you said, you know, this was an area that capital dollars and currency didn't really go to before. So all of a sudden, you know, your, your firm and everybody found it. So, you know, how, what was that process like? 
Yeah, I had worked in Africa 20 years ago as an aid worker. Um, and so I fell in love with the continent then um, and always just um, just felt a strong sense of this. There's so much opportunity here and there's so many big problems to solve, um, but yet we're not solving them. Um, and, you know, I'm particularly passionate about Africa, but passionate about poverty and inequality in general. Um, and when we look globally, Africa is probably the continent in our in our world that is most um, is the furthest behind, most undeveloped, most uneconomically viable. But yet, by twenty fifty, will house uh, over twenty five percent of the world's population. And so, um, how how do how could we start to use business as a vehicle for solving some of these systemic problems that have not been solved for hundreds of years? And how do we start thinking about deploying capital in ways that um, creates opportunity for different people to sit at the table um, in terms of how we how we lead, how we govern, how we create opportunities for other people? Because we know that when many people of, of different shapes, sizes, colors sit around the table, um, the future looks better for everyone. Um, and so we started to think about how could we use our dollars and make them go the furthest in terms of the impact and the opportunity, because financially, you know, we are not nonprofit, we are for profit. So um, trying to lever our dollars to also make dollars, but at the same time, drive and solve problems at the same time. I look at that as a win-win. So what are, what are some of the businesses that have been birthed out of uh, your investments and in, in these amazing uh, female leaders that are you know, creating great business? What are some of the businesses that have come from this? We've got a very diverse portfolio, actually. We are sector agnostic. So we've invested in um, fintech opportunities, edtech opportunities, um, HR tech, We've got some consumer goods. Um, what else have we got? Um, oh, so, so many. We've got about 11 companies that we've invested in now. And um, I mean, I've got so many favorites. In fact, they're all my favorites because they're my children. So you can't, you're not allowed to have one favorite. Um, but a couple that just springing to mind, we've got two um, financial services companies uh, in Zambia both of which who are tackling the um, lack of access to capital themselves and are trying to address um, Africa has a huge unbanked population and both creating sort of financial service opportunities um, and capital for people we would consider to be unbanked, um, enabling them to be effectively banked um, and build businesses themselves, have access to credit, have access to op saving the opportunities um, and, and really creating a new version of what a bank could look like for segments of society who are being left behind. Um, I've got an, another company who's built um, an AI tool for um, the jobs market in South Africa, and they have built a platform for um, enabling people to easily find talent um, and matching people to jobs um, very quickly through their, their software that they've developed. 
which is also really exciting, and particularly when you've got a huge swath of a population who are unemployed. It's like, how do we create easy access um, and, and opportunities for um, hiring people quickly and easily? Um, so those are just two, um, but there are, we've got consumer goods companies who are uh, exporting amazing products into the US and to the UK and beyond. Um, so some really, really exciting businesses, um, creating opportunities for others, supporting other SMEs, um, solving solving issues. Love that. And you'd mentioned too, you know, especially with the AI and you know, there's an HR component to that. And by 2050, you know, the numbers you gave that, you know, quarter of the global population is going to be there. Uh, yes. Well, th- those people are going to need work and they're also is going to need you know, HR talent to be able to, you know, match the needs of the employees with the organization and all of that. So it's, you know, it, it's definitely a incubator for, you know, some absolutely amazing growth. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what this turns out to be, because again, and I agree with you as the comment you made earlier, when you have people at the table with different backgrounds and skills and skin color, heritage, all of those things, it is a more wholesome global conversation. And you, yeah. you get, you get things because you know, I am limited in my experiences as far as the only things that I've experienced are mine. And I, you know, I know about other experiences, but when you start bringing other experiences around the table, when you are navigating through really tough, challenging situations, getting input from all the stakeholders makes a big difference in coming to a solution that will ultimately work for more than few. And uh, that's just going to be amazing to see how this all rolls out. I'm so thankful that there's organizations like yours that see this opportunity. And as you said, you're a for-profit organization and uh, you obviously want a return on investment, but there's also a return on the investment of looking and seeing what impact you've created in making the world better and giving access to everything to people. And that's, that's just amazing. That's quite right. Yep. So where do you, where do you think the biggest, I mean, obviously there's tons of challenges and I know we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show, what we've seen with, the pandemic and how it's impacted every facet of life for all of us, no matter what part of the world we're in, as we are hopefully exiting the pandemic and and moving on from it and getting back to whatever normal will look like, um, what are some insights that you have on, especially with your leadership background, uh, you know, some things that you are hoping to see, that will come from, you know, everything that we've had to endure these last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, the last two years have been extraordinarily challenging. I mean, the, the, the most extraordinary period of time in my lifetime, for sure. Um, and But it, at the same time, created an enormous catalyst for accelerating change. Um, And when we think about things just like flexible working, 
um, and working from home. Sim you know, relatively simple, innocuous things, right? Um, but how uncommon it was for people to not work in the office and how detrimental actually work life that was and how hard that was for women in particularly and the ability to flexible work um, and be able to go drop your kids at school and pick them up and then work from home in the evenings. I mean, the, the, the norms will have been busted forever. And so I, I think the challenge for us is to not just go back. Um, and we will be tempted to hugely because it, it was what we, we knew and what we know, but there are so many opportunities from the things and not just with flexible work, but, you know, even in terms of what we've realized even more sort of significantly about how um, equality is still such an issue in society, you know, particularly around race and gender. And how do we not go back? How do we keep making forward, forward progress? And how do we keep building on the lessons that we've learned and the realizations that we've had of things can be different and now we can do this and it can look like that. And now what is sort of the more established, um, either the hybrid or the progress version of, of, of what, how we do something or what something must look like because of where we've been. Um, and I think that's, that's the greatest opportunity for us globally. And how, how do we collectively work together for the greater good? I think one of the detrimental pieces of, of COVID has been still this obsession around being insular and nationalistic. And when we, when we, when we face a, a problem such as COVID, which is global, you know, the impetus to work globally with each other for the good of all, um, I, I think we've probably not realized quite how connected we all are. Um, you know, it matters if somebody in Beijing has COVID. It matters to, <laughs> to, the, to America. It matters if the Philippines has a hurricane. You know, it, it, it matters. And so how do, we, how do we build a more cohesive, integrated, integrated world um, where we no longer think just about me and mine? but actually about everyone, about our planet. Um, you know, the future of our planet and the health of our planet depends upon us being able to collectively work together and think collectively, think globally, not nationally. Um, and we've, we've still got some very huge hang-ups around that, that certainly the pandemic has not cured. But I certainly think um, it's heightened the issue in our in our sight, it's made us very aware, you know, our inability to travel for the last two years um, has made us realize actually how important it is for our world to be an open and free place. Um, so there are so many lessons and so many opportunities for us to take hold of. Um, and I think it requires all of us. We don't have to be the leader of the nation. Um, to you know, to drive change, each of us in our individual organisations and in our and our roles can lead, and we must lead. We must lead forward movement, um, not stagnant or backwards movement, or pining for for going back to where we were. We can't go back. We mustn't go back. We must keep moving forward. 
yeah, moving forward is very important and reclaiming our sovereignty uh, as a, a body of one, you know, one world, um, brothers and sisters all across all the continents and islands and everything else and figuring out, okay, what do we do for the collective good of all and learn from each other help each other when in times of need, um, support and celebrate each other and, um, you know, make those borders a little less stringent and allow people to experience life in, you know, outside of their backyard. And I think that's what, like you said, with the travel thing, we didn't realize how connected we were and also how much we all love to explore and you know, we haven't really been able to, although for many people they've explored within, which was long overdue. And I think I agree with you too. Uh, going back is not an option. It's not something we should even entertain. It's like, okay, that was then this is now There's proof that we've been able to work the way that we've been working. So let's look at, you know, different ways. Um, and, from you know the female standpoint and unfortunately you know as a male i can i can say this you know i i have always seen that you know the females have you know carried more of the load as far as dropping the kids off at school and picking them up and all of that and you know it's been problematic for you know female leaders because they still have that responsibility you know as a dad it's like no, come on, dad, you know, you got to be flexible with your work too. And I, again, that's something where I think hopefully over time that will harmonize a little bit better. So you don't have one parent carrying the load for everything. And uh, again, uh, that's something that I hope and that future generations will do a better job than our generation did, even though we knew, you know, deep down it wasn't right, but uh, for some reason, the circumstances through our employers and whatnot, you know, added additional hurdles or burdens to be able to do that. But as as time goes on, I agree with you. Going back should not be an option. Let's look at ways to make working and living more harmonious without feeling guilt or getting in trouble at work. The work's getting done. And that's the proof of everything that we've seen. Hundred percent, and yeah, the the burden on women has been very, very heavy and almost catastrophic at, at points during the pandemic. And and you know, we you know, there's been a lot written and a lot said about you know, the the movement for women has taken a step back during COVID. But I I I feel optimistic. <laughs> That it's a it's a, a line in the sand that says things have to change. This doesn't work, um, and we've got to we've got to think differently about how we think about child responsibility and, and child care responsibility and um, parental leave and um, yeah equal equal responsibilities because it's 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 a major thing that help, holds women women back from thriving in the workplace and 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 thriving in their own um roles that they desire to have yeah my hope is that we will progress beyond what we did and become much better for everybody and especially our female leaders and 
I agree with you, uh, you know, seeing some of the stories that, you know, several leaders are, you know, female leaders are not going back to work. They said, nope, I don't want to do that anymore because it wasn't designed well for their physical and mental well-being. And that is a huge loss to society. Uh, I hope that it is a huge loss. Uh, it's a huge loss. And it's, again, the, the knowledge, the talent, the expertise, everything, uh, it, it, it bugs me. And, you know, for me, you know, real quick as we close, my great grandmother, my grandmother and mother all worked. Um, you know, my great grandmother was born in you know the 1800s, my grandmother in the early 1900s. And, you know, my mom was born shortly after World War II. They always worked. So for me growing up, women working in, in you know, prestigious roles or hardworking roles, no matter what they did, it was like fine. And then I got into the workforce and looked around like, what's, go <laughs> what's going on? And then I kind of understood. I'm like, and, you know, talked with my mom about it. I'm like, well, what's, what's going on? And even my first job, uh, you know, as a grocery store clerk, my boss was Donna. So I had a female boss. I'm like, okay. I've had several in my career. You know, I, I don't think anything about it. It's like, okay, great. Um, but it's like, I must have gone down a particular path where that was the norm. And then when I started looking outside and looking at the world going, hmm, what is this all about? So that world needs to, you know, of you know, women having to choose between work and life. That's not a choice they should have to make. They should be able to do both and be able to harmonize them where they can utilize their strengths in both arenas and, and make life better. So, sir, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing? Yeah, if anyone wants to learn more about what we're doing, you can head on over to enigmaventures.com. And that's Enigma with a Y, E-N-Y-G-M-A, Enigma Ventures, B-E-N-T-U-R-E-S.com. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Sarah, thank you again for your time and thank you for what you're doing. It's going to make the world better. And I'm thankful for, you know, individuals and organizations like yours that are going out and helping people in need to be better and make the world better. So thank you again for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.